Prior to its credits roll, Earthbound ends with a curtain call of the game's cast of characters, everyone from nameless extras to the strongest mid-bosses bowing themselves out as they scroll away into your memories. Just as you might expect, Ness is the final cast member to bid you farewell, immediately preceded by his family. Here comes Tracy, King, Mom, and at last, Dad, who is a phone. You can read this as an excellent joke, or utterly heartbreaking, or something in between. I would tend to go with something like funny yet poignant. I understand that this strikes some as an unsatisfying loose end. If you've seen Ness's absent dad as a setup with a sure payoff, then you're bound to be disappointed. Maybe you'll even interpret the credits as a parting challenge. We have just scrolled every character in the game past you, including all of the anonymous townspeople sprites. Who could it be? I'll allow that Dad's identity is a mystery. If you really want to push it, you could see Dad as a holy mystery. The father who is unseen but ever-present, who loves you and wants you to do right but can't really make you do anything, and leaves your actions ultimately up to you. I don't think we'd need all of that. My own childhood was not unlike Ness's with a dog and a stay-at-home mom and a dad who traveled alone on business often. Like Ness, I had to be content with Dad's nightly calls home. The lack of physical presence allows Ness's dad to be a grounding force for the kids' fantastic adventures, no matter where they take them. This feels very sweet and satisfying to me. If I wanted to, I could build on this by reframing the whole of Earthbound as a story told over many nights by Mom to Ness in the matter of Eleanor Cameron's 1954 masterpiece, The Wonderful Flight to the Mushroom Planet written by a suburban mother who gifted her son with a spacefaring fantasy starring himself, his neighbor friends, and their pet chicken. In this interpretation, Dad's frequent and non-sequitur interruptions play into his complete cluelessness about the shared fantasy between mother and son, yet remains a special source of solace and comfort. Mysteries are not always puzzles to solve. A mystery can be a framework for meditation and inspiration. You've heard my thoughts about this one, and we've seen how this mystery has led creative people to dig surprisingly deeply into the text of Earthbound, helping keep the play and study of this one work vibrant over the decades. As a third example, we can even see how it's directly influenced other games, like 2010's Costume Quest, which apes Earthbound's phone-based save system, and in the end, there's Dad. He's just some guy who lives in your house. He makes a dad joke and moves on. That's sweet, too. In that curtain call scroll, the departing characters sometimes get in one last little stunt to remember them by. Do you remember Dad's? Before it leaves the screen, that phone starts ringing. It's ringing still. And this is the third strongest podcast. Well, now what? We, we beat the game, right? I think? We beat the game. The war against Gygus is over. That seems pretty definitive. Yeah. yeah. Turn off the SNES, crack open the orange crush. Wait. You just turned it off? There's more stuff. What? <laughs> I guess I want to see the credits so I can find out who the sound designer was. <laughs> yeah. And who like recorded all the voice samples. Who said okay? Who did Venus's voice? Okay, I'll turn the SNES back on. And we can continue playing Earthbound. Well, we left off with a bunch of robots all scrapped and on the ground. 
and sad. We hate to see it. Dead robots. But then, stuff happens. Oh, yeah. These, like, little fairies come out of the robots, and they fly away. I didn't think of them as fairies, but that makes sense. Me neither. No, it doesn't make sense. It's spirits. It's souls. It's the brain program or whatever Dr. The brain program or soul. Uh, Emerges Uh, from the robots and then just flies to the right. Uh Uh-huh. We've talked Uh, about directionality stuff in the game and generally right is progress. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that works out to be true most of the time, except for when you're in foresight bouncing around. Sure. No, Mm -hmm. good point. Maybe within some dungeons in this game, progress can be in different directions, but that contributes to the feeling of being lost in that dungeon and not knowing which way to go. Mm-hmm. But we don't get anything. We get the, the scene here of the spirits leaving, and then it immediately cuts to them arriving in the future. Uh, we're not given any interstitial travel scene, I guess. <laughs> It's not like they, they didn't reuse the Skyrunner thing, only this time it's a little spirit. Flying through history. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're not able to garner any clues as to how far back in time it was. Yeah, which is too bad. This mm-hmm. is, again, just kind of treated as you're leaving a place and going to a new place. The The past is Two just things. a location. Yeah. Um, though, I, I think we kind of uh, rolled over or blue past when pokey says that you're a gazillion years too early to defeat gigas i think hmm. that's the only real clue, like concrete clue other than the way things look about how far in the past you are and if we take that as meaning i don't i like if we take that as a clue it's not a sure thing but then i like the word gazillion implies to me that this is in the arbitrary extreme past yeah before dinosaurs before uh maybe before like frogs or whatever you know what i mean mm-hmm. or it's just yeah. a expression that he's using yeah yeah you're a gazillion years too early to beat this guy that could be saying it's it, it's definitely not clearly a a, a statement on when you are but, like, I read online somewhere, someone got the impression that it's, like, only 10 years in the past. That's not a gazillion. I kind of had that gazillion. impression. And I don't know you exactly. You had that impression? Yeah. Before we started getting really deep into it, talking about it, I that was in my, like, conception of it. That it's like, oh, no, we're going to go to 1980 now. Hmm. Um, before we really broke it down and started looking at the evidence. Or that evidence giant air quotes (laughs) um and i can't really pin down exactly why i thought it was that Hmm. but i did think that okay at the very least i I really wonder what gives people that impression at the very least it has to be before they were born right i mean it has to be at least does it i we've already traveled to when ness was born it would be odd to travel to after that i mean even if it wasn't really traveling there it feels like we're going even farther than that it does feel that way but like 
It's so vague. It's so vague in yeah. every direction. I mean, he could be lying too. Who knows? <laughs> it's pokey. Yeah. I guess I like taking the gazillion years sign or that that word as a clue about when it is or the indication mm-hmm. of when it is because otherwise you don't have anything and that's fun to think about it being seriously in the super duper past that makes it more fun if you were only in 1980x that would be that is boring right guy yeah, is attacking us from the 80s yeah that's why everything's chrome ah. <laughs> the second thing i wanted to mention harping on the past being a location we did plenty of this in previous episodes but i realized the perfect like the perfect way of explaining what this is or like clarifying this in the movie austin powers the spy who shagged me when dr evil goes back in time to 1969 to steal austin's mojo and you have this split screen of what Austin is doing in present day versus meanwhile in 1969. And Austin doesn't lose his mojo in the 90s until Dr. Evil extracts it in 1969. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I do. Mm, I can't remember that. <laughs> uh, this, that one gag really sticks out in my mind. Hmm. Um, and has for years because it's so funny. And it's funny because it's a very, very intuitive version of time travel that you can point out, like, doesn't make logical sense, but you can very easily believe it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly what's going on here. Uh, time travel is being treated in this absolutely cartoony way mm-hmm. where it makes total sense to see something events happening in gazillion years ago and events happening in 1990x as happening simultaneously yeah i think cumulatively we have spent more time on this podcast the three of us thinking about the time travel in the video game earthbound than the people that made Earthbound. <laughs> Very I, I, I think they looked at it as a, a... The way Ryan's describing it, where it's like, okay, no, we're going to use time travel as a thing to... as a, a tool to tell a story and not as a definitive statement on the nature of this universe. Mm-hmm. I think and I hope that there are dozens of topics on this podcast that we've discussed more than the people making the game I don't want to go back and check what they all are but I believe that's our duty as analysts we're going to find out that nobody on Earthbound has ever seen the television show Twin Peaks (laughs) (laughs) the biggest reveal ever and we're like oh my gosh it wasn't even For, an influence. Okay. The, the You're the one who I wanna like I, I'm I'm speaking to some imaginary person who's making that objection for real. <laughs> but Zach, you're the one who found all the Twin Peaks names in That's the true. I did. No 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 I depths I, of the code. I'm I, I, I 
certain that somebody that worked on the game has. It was a very popular show in the 90s in Japan. That's fine. It's just funny to think about, like, somebody goes and has another interview with Itoi, and he's like, oh, I've never seen that. <laughs> Peaks? Sounds fun. You get to, like, peek at what everyone in the town is doing. What if they did <laughs> Techo covers that were Twin Peaks themed? I would get a hmm. Techo again. I, I I don't have a Techo. I would, I, if I wanted a, a notebook with a Twin Peaks cover, I could probably find my way to making a notebook with a Twin Peaks cover. That's true. We all have this in our, this ability to do this. We all have Mod Podge. That's right. We do all have Mod Podge. I think there's some in the closet behind me. <laughs> wow. The spirits return to the present and they enter their bodies in Saturn Valley. And then you're able, you like wake up and you walk around and I forget exactly what happens first. Is it like the, the presents fall from the sky first and then everyone starts talking? No. No, Yeah. Pooh starts talking first. I think because he, he's the one who creates those presents with his PSI farewell. Spell. What is that? What happens? That's what I interpreted. Oh, oh my gosh! He I says, didn't interpret it that "Let way, me demonstrate yeah. a st- let me demonstrate a strange power before I go." I realize this power is a child. PSA, farewell. Now I'll see you again someday. Then he leaves, and the presents fall shortly after that. And there's not one for him. There, there, the presents contain letters for each of the remaining three people. I don't know why he would do this. Um. But it seemed to me that was what he was doing. That that was part of the PSI farewell. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it, Zach, there was a pretty big Tell us gap. how you have interpreted this every time you saw it for your entire life. I never connected the act of Pooh leaving with psychic farewell and the arrival of the presence as the same action. <laughs> now that you're saying was, this, I'm really questioning. Because <laughs> there I, is a pretty big pause. The thing is, I, I, th- that's what I thought, too. But, like, it, the way I interpreted it every time was Pooh uses Psychic Farewell, which is I'm going to disappear in a puff of smoke and go back home, which is not that dissimilar from Psychic Teleport. Yeah. Which he had to learn not too long ago. Yep. And obviously, like, you can distinguish, well, they look different and, like, one that only lets you go back home is different from one that lets you teleport anywhere. Yeah, that's his. He activated his hearthstone and now he's back to town. <laughs> it does make a lot more sense if his power he learned as a child was to disappear quickly, and that's it. <laughs> Not act like bring mail for p- other people in his wake. That's pretty weird. Ah, <laughs> oh, but you're right that it is for the other characters. Yeah, it is for the other characters. And Jeff isn't sticking around either, so yeah. I Interesting. Mean, I'm, def- I'm, I'm, my resolve on this one has shaken quite a bit now, but that is the order of things. There's a pause, and then the presents fall from the sky. Well, we've never seen a present fall from Jeff the sky. Has his speech, but yeah. we, we've never seen presents fall from the sky before. This is an unprecedented. Where did action. these come from? Yeah. So it being and like, I was going to point it out as a rare instance of. Things happening in an unjustified cartoon way yeah. in Earthbound. Yeah. Um, like every time we see one of these presents in a cave or a base underneath Stonehenge, like it's not, 
it, it doesn't really make sense for a present box with a donut to be in there. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> this is kind of like the game dropping the pretense of believability and saying we need to get these presents here and here's a fun way. They'll just fall yeah. in and it's it's breaking the reality on purpose. But hmm. I'm not sure actually which version is more appealing. Well, they easily could have just had like a delivery person come in and hand over some mail. Hey, yeah, that is a thing. Yeah, they've done that many times. But doing it this way makes it an optional thing. You don't have to go open those presents. True. So there's a certain amount of trying to entice you to do something that you don't necessarily have to do. Yeah, there's a lot of freedom in this realize that we're going to spend so long talking about the appearance of the boxes. It's weird. Yeah, I didn't realize it was so weird. But they drop, and then Jeff starts talking. And he's got the line that I should probably pull up. I don't think we've credited the originator of this text dump, who's done such a good job for us. I was also going to do this. Thank you for doing this. Thank you to Blueberry Buttface. (laughs) <laughs> uh, whom I'm going to email right after we're done with this. Yes, thank you. Thank for this resource. Thank you, Blueberry Buttface. Uh, Paula, Ness, it was great to hang out with you guys. It really was. I'm glad that I had a chance to use some of my theories that I've been studying so hard. It's remarkable. If, just maybe, well, if you two get hitched someday... Maybe I'll be the one that fixes your broken electronic appliances. I'm going to stay here for a while and see if I can learn more from Dr. Andonuts. I mean, from my dad. So it looks like this is goodbye for now, my friends. That's a very good Jeff voice. Yeah. That's just my my voice. (laughs) Oh! Um... Yeah, this That's, is like the only. Go ahead, go go ahead, sir. It's nice. It's nice. I mean, it, yeah, it is. It is unusual. He's not many people have mentioned a, a love connection between Paula and Ness until this point. Well, not yet. Yeah, <laughs> but it it sort of like brings up the idea that might be in some people's minds. I don't know. These are children, um, but yeah, it kind of hints at something that we may might not have seen throughout this journey. I feel like a couple of people have said things along that line up to this point. Yeah. But that's something. uh, I bet if I control F girlfriend, I think. That's exactly what I was doing. Zach, having you on this podcast is redundant. I was going to say the same thing about. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) Oh, yeah. With that backstage pass, this is lucky talking you can even get into our dressing room come with your girlfriend we'll be waiting Mm. so right after you get paula Mm -hmm. someone Mm. says oh that's your girlfriend when there's just two of you yeah yeah there's also ness's mom if you call her after you get paula says hello ness so i heard you got a new girlfriend on your journey well why don't you tell me about her later yeah you see i have this feeling that she's right next to you or something (laughs) And then, well, if she's right there, say hi, say hello her, to her for me. I have to go now. I'm right in the middle of cleaning the toilet. This so is, it's it's the kind of thing that always annoyed me as a kid. Like people, adults would do this to me. I, yeah. My best friend was a boy. And <laughs> man, 
I don't know. But if 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 Jeff does it, maybe he did see something that was real. Well, yeah. I I don't know because on one hand, I think it's realistic for people to make that kind of assumption. And like it it's a joke about how people assume that sort of thing. On the other hand, it the game is working within a set of cliches and tropes mm-hmm. where it's kind of understood that the boy and the girl who go on the journey together have a romantic connection. Like mm-hmm. this is adventure story about kids who might be nine or might be teens. <laughs> uh, and so like, I think that there's, you you can make the case that players are going to assume that they're connected in that way. And you're just, uh, you're obligated to present it that way or, you know, like work within that understanding. It's not clear. Mm-hmm. It's ambiguous, I think. It's definitely a trope at the time that would have been hard to avoid. Yes. Especially in like RPGs, I feel like. I feel like it's really yeah. common to have some kind yeah. of yeah, compet at the end of your RPG where you get with the 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 the, the hero and the princess end up together or whatever. Mhm. Well, I thought it was but, nice. What? Well, the 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 other thing is they they are going to hit this really hard in the post game. They're going to mention mm-hmm. it a lot. And I don't know if that's because the the fact that they it's the end, so boy and girl ride off into the sunset together, mm-hmm. or if it's because the game has you specifically walking around with Paula, and so that's all that that's the thing that's going on for people to talk about now. Just the fact that you two are uh, walking around together. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean it's like when they first met up. It's they were yeah, walking yeah. around together. It, it was the the new thing going on in the world, so that's why everyone's mm. talking about it. Plus the fact that they let you two walk around together right after this, when she yeah. asks if you'll escort her home, it's that's not something the other two do. So maybe yeah, yeah there's like there is a reason to make that assumption. I guess it's it's probably a combination of all these factors. Yeah. The part I thought was nice was not that part, though. I thought it was nice that he said uh, he's going to stay and see if he can learn from Dr. Andonuts. I mean, from my dad, which is also a very end of the movie uh, mm-hmm. line to say. Yeah. I think that um, Pooh in the end, or at least in this scene... Uh, it feels like a cop out. Like I just need to get off screen already. Yeah. Uh, but but Jeff gets like a nice wrap up for himself. Yeah. In a cool way. Yeah. Pooh always he's, ends he's... up being kind of the outsider of the situation. Yeah. I was just gonna say he's like the outsider. <laughs> yeah. He's got to go use this experience for the good of his country. He's gonna go be the good king. Yeah. So well... then Paula asks if you will escort her home. And if no. you say no, she says, well, then I'll escort you, which is cute. Is that what happens? I don't think I've ever done that. Yeah. yeah. 
It's scary and to she say just no. She starts you're... walking behind you. Yeah. Yeah, you feel like you're going to ruin the game. Yeah. You're like making a huge life decision. Um, but yeah, either way, you both can walk around together. And either way, she says, thank you for escorting me home. Oh, yeah. But that's jumping ahead. And, um, then, and then they just hand you the keys and say, hey, have fun. For real. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Uh, truly incredible. There's very little area in this that you cannot go to. Um, yeah. They pretty much just say, all the enemies are gone, all the NPCs are available, have fun. And, like, I can think of other games that would do stuff like this, where you get a little recap at the end, or maybe you're, like, in a town catching up with things. Uh -huh. But, like, to do the entire game in this way mm -hmm. is both, like extremely ambitious and cool but also probably a real big pain in the butt to like write a bunch of new text mm -hmm. for everybody it's wild yeah i think there isn't as much text as there seems to be yeah there's well, a lot of it is like after you after you do the quests in the in a place and if we just never went back there we didn't see what they say after yeah. that quest yeah I think we're going to get into it, yeah, because I think there's... I, I also noticed this pattern. Mm -hmm. I noticed um, at Tomato's uh, localization page, talk about end of game, um, he points out a lot of things that have changed, but it's stuff that we've covered already because we went back to do a bunch of stuff. Mm. So, yes, there are a lot of changes that seem like they're like for this post-game segment, but they're actually for just their story related mm -hmm. they're related to a different story like you said i don't need to restate mm -hmm. someone else talk someone else talk i want to say it i want to say it no i'm not gonna say it <laughs> <laughs> um so should we go through the video game that we already spent 25 episodes talking about um, well we we just defeated evil so i think we should save the game Okay. Oh, that seems like Should a great idea. Wait a second. We can't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We we can still make phone calls, but instead of doing the tasks that they used to do, you just talk to the people and they give you a little extra story text. What have we got? Uh, what does dad say? Ness's birthday is next week. Oh, yeah. <sighs> That's huge. Yeah, I wonder how old he's going to be. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, you call your dad and he says, next week will be your birthday. I'm trying very hard to be home for that big day. I'll be sure to get you a good present. I've been following your adventures closely, but I want to hear about them from you in person. You sound a lot more mature over the phone. Well, I'll see you at home then. Bye. That's nice. Sweet. And then if you call him back, it just says beep. What? Oh my gosh. Oh, I never tried that. <laughs> yeah. I tried it because uh, did you I tried calling you all these people save. twice. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. Who else? You can. Uh, if you call your mom, she says, Hello, Ness. You can finally come home. So that means, Oh, thank heavens. You did it and you're safe. I'm not sure exactly what you did, but. Anyway, if you come home quick, I'll make some stew. G 
get here as soon as you can. I can't wait to see your bright and shining face. Click beep, beep, beep. I think that repeats if you call her back. Oh, okay. Uh, the one uh, for... Es- oh, go ahead. Yeah, you can read. read our- can I can I do the Escargot Express one? Yeah. It's wild. It's wild. I've never seen this text before this time. <laughs> uh, hello, this is Escargot Express. Tracy doesn't work here anymore. Yeah, she used to work here part-time. Huh? This is Ness, Tracy's big brother. I've heard about the great work you're doing. It's an honor to talk to you, sir. Oh, you're calling for delivery? I'm very sorry. My wife is out on maternity leave, so I'm taking care of my other kid. I decided to take some time off from the delivery business. It's right next to the fridge. Put it into the microwave. That's it. Sorry about that. I'm a little busy right now, as you heard. <laughs> I really would like to hear some of my some of your stories. Zoinks! That was the that was the dog's food. Crash. Hey, hey, now look what you've done. I'm sorry, I have to go. Goodbye. That's so good. It's so amazing. There's an entire skit here I've never seen in this game. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like most of these calls are very uplifting. Like these three are really nice, like sweet end of game. And this is, it's like embedded in this funny story is the fact that your sister has like sold the business or something and (laughs) like is a successful business person. (laughs) But yeah, it's another like extra long story. And, And this one also does not repeat. If you call back, it just says beep. Oh, okay. Okay. I don't have the text for the other ones that are interesting. I have the the Stoic Club. Oh, please, 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 please. Beep, beep, beep. Yo, this is the Lazy Cowpoke Stop and Go. Yeah, we're a new (laughs) truck stop. We just opened. What's that? The Stoic Club? That lame old place shut down ages ago. We totally remodeled the place. Now we've got loud music, great food, and really rowdy crowds. Listen, buddy, I'm too busy to talk to you right now. Just drop by anytime. You come, you enjoy. I promise. Click beep, beep, beep. So good, so good. It's very good, but like I'm noticing this only just now. You come, you enjoy. That's one sentence. There's no comma. Hmm. You come, you enjoy. Hmm. I don't know if like that's intentional, like cowboy talk, mm. or just a little a little mistake that turns into a new kind of cowboy talk. If there were just a comma there, then I wouldn't have brought this up at all. <laughs> well, other than that, this is an amazing uh, oh, yeah. line of text. It, I was uh, like, I think I, uh, some tears appeared just now, just even hearing it. Um, very funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who else good. is there? The mock, mock pizza, pizza delivery guy quit oh, yeah. his job. The delivery man uh, got tired and quit. So we decided to close the shop. Thank you for consistently using us for all of your pizza needs. And so I had a false memory that post game you could go to the on it one that was closed and it was open oh. now. Uh, and that was false. Oh. It is not actually open. So I don't know where I got that idea that that was the case. Hmm. That sounds like a real Mew under the truck. <laughs> kind of. Like the, the kind of lamest least fun version of that but like yeah if you go back at the end of the game you can go inside that pizza place mm-hmm. and still not get pizza <laughs> we should say or i guess i didn't check this i just took this for granted atms still work mm-hmm. shops still work you can yeah. still buy food you can use things you can equip things mm-hmm. uh hotels still work right mm-hmm. yes yep i stayed at several because 
a lot of hotels ha- the the newspapers are new. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I should have done that in the towns I was assigned. <laughs> are they Got different em. in different towns? I hope so. Yeah, what? I didn't look at that either. Some Oops. seem like they're new to the post game. Some seem like they're not. So okay, that tracks. Uh, should we start going through stuff? Yeah, let's start going through stuff. We okay. want to go. We were we're gonna go to the start at the end of the game and then work our way back to Onet, where it all begins. Okay. So Lost well, Underworld. Yeah, uh, Lost Underworld. Um, Hold on, we need we need to tell the people listening. We split the game up into three parts, and we said one each of us is going to handle just a third of the game researching this post game stuff. So that's why we're waiting for Sarah to start talking, and that's why you'll hear Sarah discuss part of it, and then duties will be handed over to someone else. Mm-hmm. Okay, go. Okay. Well, first I went to Fire Spring, which was pointless. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yes, in the Lost Underworld, uh, I think m- most of the text that's new among the Tenda there is because of you having completed quests earlier. It's not actually new after beating the game. Um, okay. And, but I did find one brand new line, um, the Tenda closest to the Fire Spring entrance, next to the, the oh. save bird. Um says, without dinosaurs, this place seems like it's missing something big. Oh! <laughs> I didn't it. expect there to wow. be... Wow! I didn't expect <laughs> there to be any changes. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, everything else is... It's it's really so much faster walking around the Lost Underworld without fighting dinosaurs all the time. Um, yeah. And... Actually, there was one more thing I tried to do uh, in the Lost Underworld. I really wanted to know if you could ride the bicycle in the Lost Underworld, because I thought that'd be really fun. Yeah? Uh, you can't. <laughs> oh. So I I, I got I went back and got my bicycle from, from my sister. And because you can ride it yeah, again, it finally, the at the end of the game, when you after you uh, return um, Paula home, which we have not, not done yet. But uh, you can ride almost everywhere else, uh, places you've not ridden a bicycle before. Which is kind of fun, riding it on the beach and stuff. The beach, awesome. Yeah. Um, And I did discover something interesting. When I tried to ride the bicycle in the deep darkness, you can ride through the swamp. Which, by the way, the swamp does not hurt you anymore. Which is also very pleasant. So if you ride the bicycle through the swamp... Uh, you know, when usually when you walk through the swamp, there's like splashing noises. Instead, it makes this mus- muffled bicycle bell sound while you're riding, like oh. in the same cadence as the the splashing noise. And if you try to ring the bell, it's just this, this like dull bell sound. It's it's like really an wow. interesting detail they decided to add for just like just cosmetic reasons. That's bonkers. Yeah, that's cool. That's great. yeah. And I don't think you can ride it all the way through because there's some places where there's like plants right in the middle of the pathway. Um, But you can ride it from either end. (laughs) I just rode around for a while just making those sounds. Nice. Cool. That was fun. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm a little out of order now, but that was the bicyclical experiment. Um, but in between there, I went back to Tenda Village where you can get the book back from the leader. Yeah. There. Okay. Yes. Important. Yeah. The book Overcoming Shyness was very helpful to us. We've kept it for a long time, but I'll return it now. And you get the book back. And then you can return it if you want to. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay, good, because I somehow lost it. I think Paula must have had it uh, <laughs> at the party. I don't know where it went. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, okay, so uh, Deep Darkness was one of the more exciting finds. Um, and then going back to Jalam, is that the next place? Sure. Uh, yeah. No. No, Scaraba. it's not. Th- Scaraba, Okay. Because I looked at Delam. Um, you looked at Delam, okay. Uh, yeah, Scaraba is like, it's funny. You can also ride the bicycle there. It feels weird to be able to ride a bicycle through the desert. Um, and yeah. That sand is probably a killer. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't find anything, like any new dialogue there. Um, there was one oddity, which was I went to stay at the hotel. And when you wake up, the, the Scaraba music came back for a minute. Um, but as soon as you walk outside, ah. it, it went back to the the music that's playing in the overworld everywhere you go. The like end of game, peaceful music. It's the the peaceful version of the foresight song. Yeah. That. Um, yeah, there, there, I found one other place where this happens too. Oh, interesting. Yeah, just because, a couple spots they like forgot. <laughs> yeah, I I stayed at a few hotels, or I stayed like at the Monkeys Hotel in the d- deep darkness and stuff. Um, and this is the only place I found that did that, but, um, and it's too bad. I like that music. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's the same music everywhere. Most places. Anyway, um, I went all the way back through the pyramid and went to visit dungeon man and nice. walked all the way through and he still no got monsters? no monsters, except he still has a zoo. So we can definitively say those were not monsters. Those were not enemies. Those were just hanging out there. They're just his collection. He's keeping them, feeding them. Uh, And then I talked to him and he didn't have anything new to say. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I think that's everything then from my homework, right? (laughs) All right. Well, then I'm going to do what order do I do these? Oh, unless we want to talk about the hint shop guy to... Did you guys talk to him? Oh, yeah. Please enlighten me on the Hinchop guy. He says, well, I want to thank you for all the times that you used the hint shop. It's been a while since I first saw you. This is my final day in business. Well, so long, kid. No, no. Master Ness. See you again if fate allows it. Nessama. (laughs) It's a big day for him. A lot of changes happening. I love the idea of an industry around there being like a RPG quest happening and NPCs yeah. in that world being yeah. aware of it in a metatextual way so yeah. that they can like make a living off of this thing that's happening presently. Yeah. That's like, good. You guys are the that's only ones who ever for came. a webcomic from 2001. Mm. Yeah, it is. I... <laughs> can I go off topic for a second? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was in a chat room and uh there was a a, a very uh uh what's the opposite of mean spirited lighthearted lighthearted argument happening about 
uh, what Brian Clevenger's main thing is. And oh no, <laughs> it truly hasn't been. It, it's Atomic Robo, right? Brian Clevenger, the 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 cartoonist, made the comic Atomic well, Robo. Well, okay, let me let me make my case. Okay? But also, okay. before heart, before you say anything else, I need you to say. I need to say. I don't care. <laughs> I also don't care, but go ahead. No, I've said my piece. Thank okay. you. Okay, I also don't care, but in my heart, it's always Ape Theater. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Atomic Robo is his new thing. I hope it does good. Whereas it's been like 20 years, and it's like a successful media property in its own right. But, <laughs> but in my heart, I'm like, oh yeah, that's his new thing. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Web comic. We're having a good time today. <laughs> okay. Um I was gonna go that doesn't make sense to do that in that order. Let's do that in this order. Dalam. Uh everybody's happy that Prince Pooh is back. Most NPCs, all the lady NPCs are like, oh, he's back. This is great. Um there's a text I gotta find about philosophy. I'm a little embarrassed to say it, but I'll tell you anyway. I thought philosophy was the study of stones. I now realize it's about studying all night. What? It's not. This feels like a <laughs> difficult to translate joke. Mm -hmm. Apparently it is just a straight translation of a joke <laughs> that is a really straightforward, obvious pun or a couple uh, of puns in Japanese. Got it. And you just translate it word for word into something that makes no sense. Yep. Huh. And this is going to be, when we do final thoughts at the end, that's going to be like the a major pin in my yarn wall. <laughs> okay. Board. And then, oh, and then here in Dalam, I went to Pink Cloud and I went to the end of the dungeon because I couldn't remember if going to the end of the dungeon heals you and it no longer does. Oh. Mm. Yeah. I assume this is true of all sanctuaries and I also kind of assume that this happened after Magic Ant. Uh, but oh my gosh! But I never went to check. Hmm. I never checked any of the Your Sanctuaries after Magic Ant. Yeah, we were we had other stuff to contend with, but I bet that's true I after Magic I really Ant. want to check that. Uh, go play the video game Earthbound again. I hope I have a state that's like anywhere near close enough. We'll do that in season two. <laughs> oh man, what if we just did the same game again? Yeah, That'd be, we'd be so good at this by like season four. <laughs> i hate this uh let's go to summers uh the summers newspaper has a message about every day being the same that i'm pretty sure is just the one that's always there i think yeah, this I, is I, not a new new thing i feel like i've seen that with like right after getting to summers so yeah uh, unless I they have that at the beginning and then at the end. That would be a good one to go back to hmm. if they somehow had different newspapers over the course of the game. But I don't think so. There's a guy in the Scaraba Museum in Summers who previously obliquely mentioned Pokey. He's the one that said, I saw a chubby kid about your age here. He looked like he was hmm. awfully wealthy. Um, if you talk to him again, he says... It's nice seeing you in such good shape. I wonder what Porky Pokey's doing. <laughs> yeah, that's the boy I met before. Uh, hmm. Which is a little clunky. A couple of things happening here in this 
there's like three different things happening here that we need that I need to address. One, uh, he mentions you're in good shape, which is something that came up a lot in the post game dialogue of everybody remarking about how you're like seemingly like physically fit and strong now that you are the strongest person in the world. <laughs> uh, two, we actually get Porky Pokey, where uh, they helpfully spelled out uh a decade early that that's what the japanese name is and that's a good compromise of that and then him at the end here being like oh yeah i'm I'm spelling out who i was talking about before in case you didn't get that (laughs) is very like silly a a silly thing to need to do at the end of the game uh Uh, go ahead we uh, just a second dude i have to correct you because this is wild Indeed, the Summers newspaper says early on, yesterday the same as the day before yesterday. Today to be the same as yesterday. And then over the course of the game, it has stuff about uh, poo. It has stuff about huge rat found living in sewer system. Intruders and scarab pyramid. Breeze blew through the palm trees last night. And then he says, that's <laughs> big news here. Krakenfin uh, makes a beautiful soup. There's a great advertisement in this morning's Daily Summers. Stop doing anything complicated. Forget about solving mysteries and completing stages. Welcome to the easy life in Summers. <laughs> and then finally, yesterday was the same as the day before yesterday. Today will be the same as yesterday. Hmm. Nice, 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 nice. I, I use very useful advice to stop doing anything complicated, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. Uh, the only other interesting thing I noted is that if you go talk to the magic cake lady, uh, she no longer sells magic tarts, but will give you infinite magic tarts. Whoa. Ooh. (laughs) I don't know why they made this change. That Uh, is cuckoo bananas. That is really weird. I was like, why? What? Okay. (laughs) Wow. I can just get infinite magic tarts now. I don't know. This is so fun. Uh, I covered Winters a little bit. I went back to Winters. Bubble Monkey there says that you are famous in the monkey community. Nice. Awesome. My goal. Uh, The Tessie Watchers all... I think... uh, Oh, I didn't mention that Maxwell's out there, but I didn't even notice dialogue, so it might not have been important. Hmm. Um, The Tessie Watchers all seem to have dialogue that I believe is just the same dialogue they had after you rescue Sebastian. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found out critically, you can't go to South winters. Hmm. Oh, Tessie no longer shows up. Wow. I assume because huh. bubble monkeys like hanging out by Snowwood now. Yeah. But, and... uh, that means you can't go to the lab at all. Huh. Yeah. And why then... is that so strange? The game lets you go everywhere else. Yeah. Huh? Weird. I wonder if it's something about not wanting to... Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> um, It's just the way the world is structured. Yeah. So then <laughs> Foresight's got a bunch of stuff. Where does this hurt of my Foresight? No, here we go. The Jackie's Cafe guy with the jokes has a new joke. And let me see if I can find it, because I Ooh. didn't leave myself a good... Uh... This is fit for made, made to order. Okay. I've been trying to think of some funny jokes. Ice cream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream. Oh, no, that's, hold on. 
Standby. Okay, so he had a second joke that I never saw that I'm seeing this in the text up now. It. No, 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 it's fine. It, he's the guy that says Pokey's made, Master Pokey's made Electra's made to order. That's the one we covered. Hmm. He has another one that I'd never seen before until I looked at the text dump just now. That's I've been trying to think of some funny jokes. Ice cream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream. Waha, that's so funny. <laughs> that should really make you laugh. C- come on, laugh. If you ever hear any funny jokes, be sure to let loose and laugh, please. I'm counting on you to laugh. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's the joke I saw, which is here at the end of the game. It's, hey, long time no see. I thought of a new joke since before. Knock, knock. Parentheses, who's there? Sawyer. Parentheses, Sawyer who? Sawyer doing well. I'm fine too. Ha ha, bah ha. (laughs) You don't think it's funny? I really thought this would be funny to you. Now my self-confidence is totally shot. Back to therapy. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) Wow. Oh, this guy. I didn't realize there was a whole arc with this thing, so this is fun. Yeah, geez. Uh, Also in Jackie's is Aloysius Minch. Mm. Aloysius. 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 I don't see it. It's Aloysius. Um, who is, uh, just very sad and depressed. Hmm, I wonder why. And then I lost all my notes. Come back. There we go. Uh, I went up to... Wait, you're not going to talk about what Aloysius says? I don't have that text. I couldn't find it. Oh, okay. The text on. All right. I could try and find it, but that might take a minute. Uh... If I didn't write it down, that means it's probably yeah. not exciting. Okay. He just complains that, like, Pokey has abandoned him. Yeah. What If I don't write down the text, that means it wasn't notable, usually. Okay. But that's also probably no, poor that's, practice. That was like, my way of doing it, too. Um. Okay. Uh, as previously discussed, you can see Monotoli in the lobby of the building... And he'll say that, oh, I work the elevators now, and I return the building to Mr. Enrich Flavor. Mm-hmm. The best. The original <laughs> owner of the cool building. Name. You can go upstairs and navigate the whole dungeon to go see Electra and to see Enrich Flavor. Um, Electra thanks you for stopping by, but remarks that there's nothing to do here. Uh, which is fun. <laughs> there's there's a couple NPCs that are at very inconvenient locations that will be like, boy, you sure did walk over here to talk to me. That's a thing you did. Um, this is a place where it plays the wrong music. Okay. It, it still plays that creepy music up here from before. Awesome. It's still creepy. No less creepy than before. Um, hmm. Mr. Enrich Flavor has a, there's another character we're going to run into in this post game that I had confused him with. Uh, but he only exists here, not a different place that I thought he existed. The uh... okay. I'm piecing this together. Does Enrich Flavor say anything interesting? No, he's just happy okay. he has his building back. If you, go ta- if you go talk to the... I forget if he's Mr. Fork or Mr. Spoon, the guy in the uh, theater... Not theater, the, <laughs> the museum. Uh, he says, as I thought, dinosaurs did actually exist in history. Yes, I have surefire proof. I've these I've seen them in so many movies. They must have been real. 
uh, wow. How did he get that job? How did he get that job? I stayed at the now-named Enrich Grand Hotel. Hmm. And the uh, newspaper says, Megalopolis foresight to have another busy day. Hmm. <laughs> and then there's... Everything's back to normal. Oh, and then... If you go talk to Miss Fake... Uh, you get the line that I knew was in the game but I'd never seen before, which is, okay, don't forget, life is money. I've lived that life. You can buy everything but love, friendship, and experience points. <laughs> wow. And then there's a, bunch of, so, there's a bunch of dialogue here that I assumed was new to the post-game, but I suppose I can't prove it. Um, but there's like a bunch of NPCs standing around kind of the center of town who just have really inspirational dialogue. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not that one. Not that one. In the future, you will build cities and even a country. I'm counting on you. What the heck? Or uh, mm. what's the other one? My grandpa told me that everyone has at least one outstanding skill. When I look at you... I know he's right. <laughs> Just like weird, like inspirational dialogue for whatever reason everybody's gotten mm -hmm. really into. Hmm. I went to the desert and the only NPC of note was Talarama. Oh. Who I went to see. Let me find his dialogue. You've been exceedingly patient. You've overcome many hardships. I praise all of you for your courage. And that's all you get for navigating the monkey maze. Wow. Mm. Well, it's still nice to hear. Uh, for Threed... Oh, I have to look up... The... I have to, have to, have to get the dialogue Wait, of this whole Wait, Threed on. is on mine. Oh, you did Threed? I thought we were... Well, I tried to do Threed. Oh. I didn't notice anything new in Threed. Because we hit Threed twice, so there's probably overlap here, which is useful. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I have to look up... If you go find the guy that was the zombie collaborator. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, which, again, this might be dialogue that... Some of the stuff that we found here might just be dialogue that was there before, but I've never seen this before, so... Sure. Since then, I've really matured. I'm doing well in the health food business. People can get over any illness they might catch. Don't you think it's a great business? <laughs> and then... yes. Yes, it's, I could make you believe anything. No. Okay, so it's not for you. Yeah, I didn't notice that at all. He does, he has something to say, like, right after you beat Master Belch, and he's like, I helped you out, you should yeah. thank me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this must be, this must be in the post game. I don't know what else would trigger this. That's cool. And then... Yeah, mostly people talking about how zombies are gone might not even be new dialogue. Yeah, that's I, yeah. I I talked to a bunch of people in three. They all said exactly what they said the last time I was in three after I saved them. And so I was like, I guess they didn't do anything in three, but they did something to that one guy. And then so huh. Saturn Valley is on my brief. That's right. But I also took some notes. Also, we didn't even okay. talk about the uh, letters yet. Yeah, we haven't opened those packages. Oh, whoops. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We got distracted. We got excited. <clears throat> I think part of the reason the letters appear in packages is because the game has enough trouble trying to give you a item 
when yeah. your inventory is full. And doing that three times in a row could be terrible. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Do the letters say anything good? Yeah, they're nice. I have them all written down. Uh, there's a letter from your mom. She says, Dear Ness, how are you? Since you left home on your journey, things have changed around here. For example, I don't have as much laundry. Also, yes. we don't eat, we don't seem to eat stew as much as we used to. I heard that you defeated some universal evil character. What was it? Googie or something like that. Well, that sounds really great. I want to hear all the details, so hurry home, okay? Tracy King and I are waiting for you. Love, Mama. I love that's the line nice. that I don't have to do laundry as much. It's yeah. like so good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's a good mom line. Uh, Googie. Googie is good. Uh, and then you have a letter from kids, which is for Paula. Dear Paula, how are you doing? I'm fine. I fine too. So are me. Me also. Me okay. Please come and play with us again at the Polestar Preschool. Oh yeah, one more thing. Bring us some presents if you have any. Sincerely, your friends at the Polestar Preschool. So that one's a bunch of kids being funny. Nice. This would make a good like feely. All three of these yeah. letters actually would be like good. Oh like, yeah. For the for the the Apple IIe version of Earthbound. Yeah. You get the the three letters. Yeah, you open cra- this once crayon. you beat the game. <gasps> yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Uh, then there's the letter from Tony. Dear Jeff, everything's really going great here. I wish I could have gone with you on your adventure, even just part of the way. But instead, I'm sitting here waiting for you in winters. I want to see you again as soon as possible. I can't wait to see your cheerful face. I bet your glasses are dirty. If you come back, I'll clean them for you. Like I said, I'm waiting for you. Yours truly, Tony. P.S. Don't show this letter to anyone. Tony. And you Too can't late. even give this letter to Jeff. <laughs> no, yeah. You're just like, well, I guess I'll hang on to this. Yeah. I wonder. <laughs> you could interpret that as Jeff being like, yeah, whatever. You keep it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to judge uh, Jeff's reaction to Tony. But it's nice. It's nice. Tony is a... What is that? Someone said he's sweet, but he's so dumb. Anyway. Mm. Also also going on in Saturn Valley. Or Zach, what notes did you have about Saturn Valley? Uh, I had that if you can choose to drink coffee, but you don't get the cutscene anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. I think that happens a little earlier, actually. Oh. Probably. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense to see Possibly a that happens again. just all the time. Yeah. But, like, I I preserved my coffee-less state and was able to go back and get coffee and have the cutscene after I did Foreside. Hmm. And so at some point it must say, well, we're not going to do a cutscene for you. Yeah. Do you suppose it's when, like, the tea scene becomes active? That, might, that would make sense. Maybe. Yeah, that you can't drink tea either. But you can drink tea, but you don't get a tea cutscene. I forgot yeah, to yeah. mention that. I was able to get in the uh, hot springs for the first time and wash all the extremely filthy gunk <laughs> off my body. Finally. Well, that means my run is no longer eligible for stinky percent. <laughs> Better luck next year. I was taken off the leaderboard. <laughs> That's two. for season two. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Mr. Saturn that just says, I wish fall in love. Aw. 
Aww. Uh, and the mouse is here. Oh yeah. Yeah. Found his I, way I here. feel like I feel like it's incredibly important that he didn't show up until after we beat the game, right? That's fun. Yeah. yeah. Like in, in our in our our read that he how did how did uh Jason put it? He's the Greek choir, the Greek chorus. What's the term? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Chorus. Yeah. And like was conspicuously absent during the like climax of the story, but now yeah. we're in the ending and he showed up and he it, doesn't even have anything exciteful to say. He's just like, "Oh, I'm here now." T T T T T T T. Mouse noises. Yeah. It just wouldn't have been right to be there earlier, I guess. Or he was yeah. busy. Mouse stuff. Yeah. That's all I got. Oh, okay. George Montague. Which Montague is it? Gerardo. He says, incredible. Excellent. I'm not quite sure what for, but congratulations on a job well done. If we ever get the chance to play t- t- to get together again, let's go on a picnic or something. Maybe we could play horseshoes, too. So even though he was right next to the phase distorter and could easily have overheard what's going on with all this, he's like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I don't know what this is. I guess you did a good job. I'm not sure what happened. It's hard to follow all this sci-fi stuff. Mm. Especially if you're mm-hmm. not viewing it from the reference frame of Ness. Because mm-hmm. what, what Gerardo Montague saw was... Dr. Andonuts used a big drill on four children <laughs> yeah. and then left their lifeless cadavers to sit and bake in the Saturn Valley sun for an indeterminate period of time. And then well, the bodies got up. He missed that part, though, because that happened in the cave. Right. Yeah, no wonder he doesn't know what happened. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's Scene just like, missing. why are there these dead bodies? Why did they get up? Why did these presents fall down? Yeah. Incredible. Excellent. Yeah. Makes sense. So he's a good guy. He's probably Ness's dad. That would explain. <laughs> yeah. Very supportive. Ness's dad loves horseshoes. We know this. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting detail. Uh, is there anyone else that I mentioned in that was worth talking about in Saturn Valley? I don't think so, but uh, Grapefruit Falls is one of the areas where the music isn't the happy foresight theme Hmm. it is uh geez the first time we got here it was the same music as peaceful rest valley right the like uh uh, groovy bass with water music water sounds in grapefruit falls you mean yeah yes okay um grapefruit falls and peaceful rest valley are both just water noises at this part. Wow. Creepy. And I don't know whether you get that water noise anywhere else in the game. Certainly not like after you bring peace to those areas, it doesn't Mm, switch to like water music with no groovy bass. Hmm. So I I think they like might have intentionally did that for the end game. Yeah. It would be kind of too much to have both the music and the water sound maybe yeah but like it, the lazy way to do it the way they apparently are doing it for everywhere else is just don't trigger any music yeah. change just yeah. keep on going with the 
sappy. Yeah. So I don't know. Hmm. It's it it, it is strange. Yeah. And it's hard to say how intentional it is. Hmm. Um, in Tucson, people are. Uh, several people changed when Everdred died mm. to talk about Everdred being dead or whether that's crap. Don't believe it. I think the only person who changes just for the end game or like the late game is Venus's mom, who says she has a book. Venus is that Venus has a book of photos coming out. I hope she kept her clothes on. <laughs> Times sure have changed. Wow. Yeah. That is very unlike the rest of the new lines at the end of this game. It is. It's basically like when the hint man says, is talking about the Stoic Club and accidentally says Strip Club. Uh huh. It's like exactly that inappropriate. Yeah. And I was trying to decide whether this end game has. Like, in a certain... I was trying to see if this was the case. That now that the game is over, the gloves are off, and we can do all the <laughs> rated T jokes that you couldn't get away with in the main game. Partly because it's the end game and nobody in QA is going to check all this stuff. And partly because, like, you've you've beaten the bad guy. You've kind of grown up, and so you can start doing PG-13 jokes. Hmm. I feel like that isn't really the case. I think that every tone wise, everything is kind of on the same level as what came before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I guess I was waiting for you guys to bring some more adult jokes that would add evidence to this. Mm, yeah, I didn't see anything but, like that. Yeah. Yeah, this one's a bit different. But I guess like you could kind of categorize the the new commentary at the end or the new dialogue as like either it is supportive and congratulatory to the party or it is back to normal. We're back to like talking about our lives, you know? So it's kind of like one of those things where that's her concern right now. Not all the weird monsters that appeared. Now she's Mm -hmm. back to thinking about her family. Yeah. That's what's actually going on. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Happy, happy village has a lot of new dialogue. Mm -hmm. More, I would say, than Tucson. Um, and let me... Uh, Carpenter is hanging out in the enclosure with the cow. And he says, Hey, Ness, it's been a long time. Since we last met, the whole town has woken up. The best happiness comes from being free. You kids made me realize that. Wow. The woman who rushes up to you says oh i thought she she said something else but i'm not sure if that maybe i made that up um the cow says i have more respect for carpenter than others even if i become someone's steak dinner i'll still respect him Jeez. yeah although i assume that if you went to Happy, happy village, Sarah. It would say, even if I become someone's stew dinner, I'll still respect him. <laughs> I wonder if you didn't make if you didn't make that joke. I was about to. So good job. <laughs> hmm. uh, the thing is, a bunch of people, three or four at least, in Happy Happy Village, have had their dialogue replaced with "thanks" ahead of time. Huh. 
What? Thanks. Thanks, comma, ahead of time. Oh, boy. Okay. That's... Hmm. I... I... Is there any way to interpret that in English? Well, it's like, I'm thinking... I'm thinking you ahead of time. I... Yeah, okay. I'm yeah, the only way this is like... I am like, pre-thinking you. Th- mm-hmm. For something that comes later. Thanks you know, ahead yeah. of time. This is cultish behavior, is what mm. I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> what if yeah. they traded one cult for another cult? <laughs> uh, a messianic nest-worshipping cult, mm. where they're like, thanks, Ness, for what? saving us from Gygus. <laughs> what if that's And thanks happened? ahead of time for saving us from Mother 3. Oh. Oh. Yeah, what if What if this is just like... What if this, this town just likes cults? This was foreshadowing for Earthbound 2. Yeah. What if, what if the, this is like... The happy happyism was just like the latest in a long line of cults that the town has just gotten <laughs> invested in. We yeah. we don't see those ones because they happened. Oh, good. Now they're it's a more healthy kind of cult. For now, yeah. For now, until until that gets traded for something way worse. Mm. But yeah, it's like the the history of Happy Happy Village is the history of just like it's it's cults all the way down. Mm. Hm. I this is now my interpretation of Happy Happy Village. I also went to the kidnapped shack, the shack that Paula gets locked up in. I'm not sure why I thought there was something to check there. Um, I did get my picture taken there, <laughs> which was very nice. strange. It was as if the game was like, yes, oh, we're going back to where you rescued her from those scary kidnappers. We should commemorate this. Of course, what really happened was when I left the shack with Paula the first time, I went around the other side and I didn't hit the trigger for the uh, photo. And so I only hit it this time. But huh. uh, that was some emergent gameplay, yeah. some emergent storytelling. So you can go like collect some of the photo ops that you missed. I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. Huh. Some of them. Because some of them are timed, but huh, that's cool. Yeah. Going back to Tucson, a couple people in the mall remember me. Um, and they're like, wow, it's been a long time since you've been here. And I believe this is specific to the post game where someone in the mall says, hey, it's the boy who wears the same outfit all the time. You seem happy enough, but who knows? Mm, astute. I guess. Kind of scary. The <laughs> boy who wears the that same one... outfit all the time is funny. Well, like, like questioning the the sincereness of my sprites a smile yeah you seem happy enough but who knows maybe there's hidden depths to ness the lady at the entrance to tucson who's like hey you want me to tell you about tucson she says i've been giving out info about tucson for years i'll quit this job and teehee get married (laughs) a lot of big changes yeah um and you can Go to Paula's house. As soon as you get too close to Paula's house, she ditches you. She's, well, she doesn't ditch you. Uh, what does she say? Help me out here, guys. Oh, I don't know. Because I didn't do that this this playthrough. She, well, I did, and then I rewound. <laughs> she says, Ness, thank you for escorting me home. There was something I wanted to tell you, but I've forgotten it. I'm sure I'll remember by the time I see you again. Well, I guess this is it. Goodbye. Uh, so long. See ya. Bye. This is so wild. Because as a kid, I'm playing this. 
And I know exactly what she was wanted to say, but she quote unquote forgot. Uh huh. And I just understand as someone who consumes culture what's going on. But today, I'm like, that's not obvious because writing in entertainment has become more nuanced or something. Yeah. So yeah. are you saying that this is more ambiguous now than it was when you were a kid because uh, comparative, I think it would comparatively be, it's it's more complicated now? I, I would say it would be more ambiguous to a modern audience, I'm guessing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I feel that way too. Okay. Um, All right. Like, I could almost read this as, uh, there really was something I was going to tell you, but I've forgotten it. But I'll tell you, like, I'll save it so that we see each other again. Like, I Aww. won't tell you now, like, just maybe either making something up or actually forgetting and being like, let's just make sure we see each other again so we can talk about it. Like, that could Believe be a way behind. to look at it. But I agree. I, I don't think that's what was intended. Yeah. I mean, given the context uh, of all the other stuff, yeah. like, it seems yeah. like that's yeah, what yeah. they're going for. Yeah. She likes him. In- she oh, she likes him. <laughs> the you can go inside and um, Paula's mom basically has the same line as every other mom. Like I don't know what you guys did, but I guess you did a good job. Not interesting at all. Mm. And then her dad is like, I guess you're you're an okay guy. If you ever come over to spend the night you can sleep on the couch in the den instead of the one in the living room or something like that (laughs) yeah it's good uh or wait hold on so there's text here about the uh, the, sleeping on the couch in the den apparently is a running gag i'm seeing some stuff in the text Uh, that i've never seen before that he says nest you'll sleep on the couch in the den um paula will be okay why don't you rest for now you know where the couch is in the couch in the den is uh so what on earth when is this when does this happen if you go do you back, get free healing at paula's yeah. house yes you do you can go back and stay there and that's where you get the line about you have to sleep on the couch in the den that okay. second dialogue sounds like if paula is unconscious and not there hmm. i get it thank you or if Paula's by herself, it says, oh, Paula, so even a tomboy like you thinks of her father occasionally. You should rest, seeing as how this is your own home. How about we share a piece of pie like we used to? Ha ha. So Paula's favorite food is pie. Yes, that's great. Secret favorite. That wow. came up twice. That's good. Wow. Okay. Um, do I have anything else to say about Tucson? I don't think so. But yeah, it's not required to drop paula off because you can cheat and never drop paula off in onette um i think the person with the uh saxophone at beak point says something like i'm so happy i'll play my saxophone some more and it i think that might be new for the post game not sure Hmm. if you talk to captain strong he says, you went on a big journey, but you never met anyone stronger than me, did you? <laughs> no way. Um, the uh, the newspaper in Onet says that Captain Strong, that he ha- still hasn't finished Earthbound or that he has? I don't remember. I think but that I he still that. hasn't. <laughs> um, still not through playing Earthbound. Yeah, yeah. 
But there's a little girl in one of the houses who says, hey, I finished Earthbound. <laughs> so she can do it. She wasn't scared of the final boss or anything. Oh, no, there is a later one in this uh, list of headlines. Oh, not police chief finishes Earthbound asks, where is the sequel? Okay, thank you. <laughs> in the hospital, there's that girl who's in the hospital because she got smashed by a mouse. Mm. Now she says, my smash wound will heal soon. Or, or will soon heal, which is weird. And if you talk to her mother, her mother just says, it's you again. <laughs> awesome. Really weird. Um, like, Onet is has, I think, the most dense post-game mm, stuff. That makes sense. The mayor, Mayor Perkle, says, Oh, Ness, I saw a picture of you in the... Uh, sorry, I saw a picture in the international newspaper of someone who looks like you, but there's no way it was you. Maybe you'd like to study my city management techniques so that you could become mayor someday. Waha! <laughs> Since I returned peace to the town of Onette, I was re-elected mayor. So that means this game takes place in November? <laughs> Are you here to celebrate? And then... uh. The yes or no options are in all caps. That's weird. What? It is weird. Um, hmm. And well, Tomato commenting on this makes it sound like that's how it was in Japanese. And this is just the one place they didn't change that. Um. But is that right? I don't know. Um, if you say no, he says, don't be so shy. A child shouldn't be so self-conscious. And then if you say yes, he says, thanks a lot. From this day forward... Until the day I die, sniff, I will dedicate my life, sniff, to peace in Onet. Boo-hoo. <laughs> uh, the mayor's flunky says, since way, way back, you and I have been very tight. Pals, basically. Yahaha. Oh, and, um, oh, before we get to that, go to the drugstore in Onet. Rafini the dog has some new text. Woof, Ruff, I'm Rafini the dog. Here comes the spirit of the game designer again, Ruff. You're finally almost to the end of the game. If you want to tell me your comments on this game, you may write to me using Nintendo's address on the box. Send your comments. Attention Earthbound, Rafini the dog. Now get ready for the ending. It's all that's left. Enjoy it. Bow wow wow. Well, I told you some strange info again. I'll go back to being a normal dog now. Hmm. Woof. Wow, that's good. The parentheses here are wrong. <laughs> like, the beginning of the parentheses comes when Rafini the dog changes into channeling the spirit of the game designer. But then he starts saying stuff as Rafini, mm -hmm. and then close parenthesis, and then woof. Hmm. So, really sloppy work, guys. Well, you know, it's the end of the game. It's, yeah. it's a, there's a lot of dialogue. Hey, there's a lot of text in this game. Yeah. There's a lot of text. And they're definitely in this post-game stuff. There's a lot of stuff that is like doesn't make sense or was clearly translated in a hurry. And some stuff, I wonder if it was translated before anything else. And so it, like, there's not the context to know what these people should be talking mm -hmm. about. Uh, there's a guy in... I think maybe everybody in the hideout has something to, new to say, but the one this one particular guy uh says oh that's the ness i know ness i've been thinking about our gang's name it's quote we'll laugh about it tomorrow unquote do you like it 
No. Okay. Laugh doesn't really mean laugh. It means chuckle. Okay. But if you say yes, he says, my philosophy is peace to all men. Really? You like it? I knew you would understand. (laughs) Really weird. So the name of our gang is We'll Laugh About It Tomorrow. And just now I'm asking you whether you like it. And if you like it, then before I react to you saying that, I'm going to just say, you know, mention my philosophy is peace to all men. (laughs) Yeah. So the translation has gone all the way over the cliff. (laughs) And we're just in the realm of. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Uh, The other guy in um, the hideout is thinking about, like, establishing a new hideout at Beak's Point, which he calls Beak's Point instead of Beak Point. Hmm. Um, and you can be like, yeah, you should build a new hideout or no, you should stay here. And he's like, okay, yeah, good point. Hmm. Um, I guess we can finally get to Frank. Please. I love my guy. It's Frank. Hello, sir. How may I help you? Uh, aren't you Ness? After our battle, I became serious and I have been working very hard. I've even been doing some training for, for, well, a bit of pro wrestling. It's the ring for me, baby. So you made it back alive. You must have many stories to tell. Let's get together for a drink while you have the chance so I can hear your stories. I'm talking about drinking mineral water. I'm still underage, you know. Pretty good. Wow. Frank is very good. And I kind of feel like I'm talking about drinking mineral water and saying he's still underage is almost like the twist or the reveal that Frank is not... 21 years old he is a teen in fact yeah and he just seems like a worldwide adult because he is 18 while you're 12 mm-hmm. yep amazing i almost like it better because he's such a minor character mm-hmm. like mm. you know the, he's kind of a repeat of the archetype they had in earthbound zero with teddy yeah uh, who ends up going with you but him just being like this version of that character that doesn't get to go along uh, makes me like him more. Hmm. I don't. I, I don't yeah. know exactly why. Well, you get yeah. to have these well-developed parts that aren't part of the critical path. Yeah. Yeah, he has He's his own side... life and his own story. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever you have that kind of development that's put front and center. You, I guess, don't appreciate it as much because you expect it because it's required, you know? But mm-hmm. when they put that same kind of care into this, like, first boss of the game who you can forget about entirely after that if you want, uh, it, it feels more special. You like him more mm-hmm. because, like, you chose to interact with him, so you, he's yours. Hmm. It's a good arc. He's great. Pro wrestling. <laughs> I guess oh we have to go to the library I'm going to talk to the lady who hangs out outside the library who used to just tell me that I have a cute comma yellow backpack <laughs> and now she says what does she say she says something not subtle at all if she's in a good mood a lady in the library will kiss you hmm. although I guess it's not obvious to the naive player, how to make the lady of the library be in a good mood. 
Uh, because if you go in and talk to the lady at the desk, all she says is, you don't need to return the town map now. Come back in 2001 to return it. And now all of us on the podcast can notice that we're old and say out loud that we're old. Mm-hmm. I'm not old. I'm forever young. Say out loud that you're old. No. Uh-uh. Sarah. I don't feel like that's true i mean that was a long time ago anyway i'll give you that you can give her the overcoming shyness book and she'll uh i don't forget what she says but like it says smack to me and she's kissing you then you go outside and you talk to the cute yellow backpack lady again and she says hey you have lipstick on your cheek (laughs) i don't think there's anything else at the library does anyone know any different Mm -mm. no that's enough skipping my house for the second the moment I will go to the Minch home, where, interestingly, um, Mr. What's-his-name? Pretty Man? It's Pretty Man. <laughs> yes. Not... I thought this Not was Enriched Flavor. Enriched Flavor. But they have the same sprite, so you can see how I would get yeah, confused. Yeah. Mm-hmm. B- but, like, you meet him first. He says, salutations, you're the boy living next door. I heard that your family is in debt. Miss Minch told me about it. Well, live and learn. You just have to keep plugging away. He does say, Ms. Minch, M.S. period. And mm-hmm. we can use this as evidence that um, the Minches are separated or divorced. But that's uh, of limited reliability considering how sloppy everything is in the post game, mm-hmm. And how... I think that, well, okay, let's see what uh, Lardna says. As usual, you're wearing your grubbies, so what do you want? My son isn't at home now. He's walking around somewhere. My husband is also gone, so he's her husband. Oh, yes, this is Mr. Prettyman. He always has great advice. He's a real gentleman, he is. You'll be happy that you met him. So my son isn't at home now. He's walking around somewhere. Hmm. She means pokey. She has another son, Picky, yes. um, who, uh, if you talk to Picky, who's like hanging out, still kind of staring at his bed like he has been for most of the game. <laughs> he says, I haven't seen you in a while. You look cool. I'm nowhere near as cool as you. I'm just average cool. Aww. I like average cool as a, as a term. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I, somewhere I got the impression, I think part of the fandom thinks that Picky is kind of the noble counterpart to Pokey, hmm. who actually has a spine and, uh, you know, doesn't turn out, doesn't turn into a bad guy because he's a good guy deep down. Hmm. But all the text that we get for Picky shows that he is not that cool. I don't know if he's even just average cool. I think <laughs> he's a bit of a wet blanket or a milk toast he's a bit of wet milk toast Mm. um you you wouldn't feel that way if he could actually cast spells though i guess yes that's true the implication certainly is that lardna has hooked up with mr pretty man and um is in some sort of separated state with Aloysius. Mm-hmm. And I guess this would be one more 
tiny bit of evidence that the that the post game is more grown up than the rest of the game to yeah. be implying infidelity but hmm. uh, it's still weak tea it also it's just a bit Im- of wet milk toast <laughs> yes it implies a lot of time has passed too like a lot of these lines oh yeah yeah finally i'm going to go up to liar exaggerates house what did i delete the notes oh there it is somehow my notes got all out of order and i was looking at my pokemon go notes (laughs) i talked to liar he says you're being vain ness life is not that easy you just saved the earth from a crisis don't act so stuck up when i was younger i too saved the earth many times (laughs) i live a modest life that's the way it should be don't you think a real hero is someone like me if you say no, he says, Ness, don't be such a snob. But if, oh, sorry, that's if you say no, saying that he's not a real hero. Mm-hmm. If you say yes, he says, when you grow up, why don't you become my partner and we'll make lots of money? This guy. This guy. Even when the Mani Mani statue is destroyed, he has turned out to be just kind of greedy and mean. Yeah, he seems even worse. Yeah. And he, I think, is in my top five favorite Earthbound characters. (laughs) Uh, We have to go over those in season two as well. Yes. After our Pokemon Go season that Ryan just uh, (laughs) accidentally slipped up and told people about. Um, Finally, I go back to the house. And I, I can't use the phone at my house, right? Hmm. I think that's the case. It just won't let me use the phone at that point. Or maybe I'm thinking about the post-post game. Um, I think you're thinking about the post-post game. I think you have the same options that you would normally. But like we discussed, a lot of them are now defunct. Okay. Tracy says, or like she says that she she has a lot to say about how like you must have a lot of schoolwork to catch up on. Um, she's kind of the like snarky, cool little sister, and she is. You can't uh, order Escargo Express from a phone, but she will still hand out items to you, and so that's how you can get critical stuff. Like, well, not the book, the shyness book, but like the bike, mic- bicycle. I almost said microphone because I'm talking into one. <laughs> And your mom says that she has a photo album that she wants to look with, look at you with. Look, oh my gosh! Someone else do this. She wants to look at a photo album with you. The, the, the photo, photo man, man dropped it off. Brought it by. Yeah, yeah. The oh, photo right. man yeah. suddenly acknowledged in universe as not yeah. a figment of your imagination, but a real person. You know, those presents with the letters in them appeared just like the photo man no, does. That's true. So maybe he's the one who delivered those. Could be. We should also mention that... uh, Oh, go ahead. I never noticed... I never thought of this, but uh, just thinking about her saying this right now made me wonder if she hired the photo man (laughs) to, to, like, (gasps) do travel photos for you. Amazing! (laughs) Because she knows about him. And she doesn't say a photo man. Awesome. Maybe. Sure. Uh, where exactly i don't remember where but as you make your approach to your house paula will be like uh 
hey, you're supposed to escort me home. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, and she's like, oh, it's okay. We before can you go inside, like, before you the, go inside, like, threshold of the fence, you mean? I think it's somewhere around there. She will prompt okay. you and be like, weren't you going to take me home? And you can just be like, no. And she's like, well, I guess I'll stay here. That's fine. Okay. Or not like stay here, but like, I'll go in with I you. I remembered it as my mom saying, don't you need to drop off Paula? And I was like, no, I don't. Because you can choose but not to. I, she can just be here I, when you look at the ending. She gets mm, to watch the credits, yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, uh Let's watch the credits. Is there anything else? No, I don't think so, Sarah. Uh, I like the dialogue in this in at your home. Uh, but what is that dialogue? King says something about like other dogs don't know. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, other dogs haven't figured it out yet, but I know that you guys saved the world. That's nice. That's nice. And um, if you if I think if if you have Paula with you, your mom has a, a new line, like an extra line. Mm. saying it's good to meet you paula and uh, i want to have a chance to get to know your little girlfriend it's good to meet you paula um and i think for the most part it the dialogue doesn't change in the end game if you have her with you or not but i think that's yeah like one of the if not the only time it's different if she's with you so it's probably time to talk to mom and get a look at those photos except yeah. that's not the order of operations because first uh the music changes mm-hmm. and everybody ness and paula and everybody starts walking in place because now you have relinquished control of your characters and they are now npcs mm. and npcs walk in place in rpgs that's how that works <laughs> Uh, and we get the most important thing in a video game can uh, that a video game can do, uh, which is a cast of characters. Genuinely love to see it. Anytime a game will just scroll mm. through. Here's all the people. Yeah. Here's all the people you met and interacted with and fought. Yeah, it's like looking through and the photo album. The music that introduces this is called "Good Friends, Bad Friends," <laughs> and I think about that a lot. The game is going to show us everybody, including some people that we fought or who were like straight up villains. But the game doesn't say friends and enemies. It says good friends and bad friends. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. Again, I don't know who wrote the the titles for the OST and what who named the tracks. But whoever named that track, I think, was saying something important about life. Yeah. Uh, I want to say something about the music, but uh, what what do we want to say about the cast walking by? We get to see everybody. Yeah, and some, some of them, we didn't know their names. Oh, yeah, like who? Uh, the Star Master, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if there's others, but... At least for the some of the others, I was like, oh, yeah, that's their name. It's uh, there's like the, the noble warrior. The noble warrior. Mm, yeah. There's mostly just a bunch of goofy skits that happen as like, yeah. you know, uh, when Jeff and Dr. Andrews show up, there's the Skyrunners there and then it explodes and we go, ah, just like in the game we just played. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the tendas show up, and one of the tendas is actually Mr. Saturn. He's like, oh, I'm not supposed to be here, and runs off stage, <laughs> and then 
the other tender runs on stage. Classic, uh, Pokey keeps stuff. showing up. Pokey keeps showing mm. up. I don't have anything the, grand to say about it, I guess. The music is... For one thing, it's awesome that you can tell right away that it's the Runaway 5 performing the music. Mm. Because it's just cruddy SNES MIDI. But they've managed to establish a signature style for the Runaway 5. So that as soon as it, it starts, it's like, oh, awesome, it's the same guys. And it uh, quotes a bunch of the themes from throughout the game. Uh, it's almost kind of a not, medley. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's a medley. Like, like, you're, like you finish Sonic the Hedgehog or something. <laughs> but not um, quite it, that, because it's also its own composition. There are parts that are original. It quotes... Um, I think it starts out by... Quoting Tucson, right? I, I'm not sure Onet is even in there for sure. Uh, the very first thing is that's Tucson, no, it's right? no, 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 it's um, Pollyanna, isn't it? Oh, okay. It, it starts off quoting Pollyanna, but like in a weird way that you can't. It's like only the first couple notes. Uh. Hold on, I'm gonna lose my place because I have the YouTube video open here for a mind-blowing revelation. <laughs> so let. Oh, it does. Thank you. Yeah. And then it goes. Uh, whatever. But then it starts oh, the, it, the, the funky, it, the funky Runaway Five bass. No, it has it has some. Uh, it has the first strain of Tucson. Okay. I think. Whatever. It does Tucson. It does Pollyanna. It does. Um, Four side, it does three. I can't remember it doing Onet, but it probably does. It does a bunch of the Runaway Five's own stuff, of course. But did you know that it also does Pokey Means Business? Where at? Um, in this video, <laughs> let me give you the thing. So that's the. Um, good friends, bad friends, and I also pulled up the right moment in Pokemon's business. And maybe this is this is probably obvious to some people who uh, are listening, but it slipped by me for many years. Oh, that is there. Okay, I hear that. Isn't that fun? It's a, it's a good composition. Cool. It's a lot of fun times for the end of the game. This is such a good recap. And it feels so good to watch it. And the music is perfect. <laughs> it's such a great ending. Yeah, it is. But it's not the ending. Oh, okay. Um, then, so all the cast went away. Bye. And then... Photo Man appears, and he has his camera that I was wondering in, like, the first episode if that was even a real sprite in this game. And He has to drag it from off-screen. It's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, a big, old-timey camera with a flash and everything. It is not the camera that he's been using so far in the game. But if he's taking a picture of us outside of the TV... Yes! Then I guess... You need a real special camera to handle that kind of job. Because he does. I forgot that's what he does here. Yeah. And then uh, it's time for the real credits. Yeah. 
and then it starts playing Smiles and Tears, and then I start crying. <laughs> Not me. Um, and we get to see all the, the actual people who worked on the game. And we get to see the uh, all the photos that we got so far. And they're all sepia, which I'd forgotten. Like suddenly, yeah, it's... suddenly we beat Super Mario World and everything's full. <laughs> hmm. Uh, they. So there's a lot of mysteries still for me associated with these. There are. It turns out only 32 different photos you can get in this game. Uh huh. Which seems low to me. Like it seems hmm. like he shows up more often than that. Even like when I don't get all of them. Uh, I think I got 26 or hmm. something. Maybe less. Um, but I would have guessed it was. I would have guessed that I got 32 and I was missing a bunch. The photos are... Yeah. They're kind of tone-shifted to be old-timey. But they represent your party at the moment that they were taken. Yeah. And so somewhere in the game is keeping track of who was in the party and who was fainted. Yes. Mm, wow. Does it and keep it, track of who has a diamond for a head? Or mushrooms? I've never seen that. It. I've never seen it either. Must? Maybe it does. I don't know. But it definitely isn't ch checking, like, the positions of your party no. when the photo was taken. Absolutely yeah. not. So it's a it, weird mix of, like, actually, actually taking a photo, actually saving that state, but also being, you know orchestrated or arranged for this new version. It's wild. It really resists understanding. Mm. No, I think it makes sense. It's just the most efficient way to... They're not going to be able to take a screenshot of where what's going on on screen. Yeah. There's too many permutations, no. so we're going to... Sorry, the song's getting really good. Um, <laughs> the uh, Yeah, it's going to, just like you said, save the state, and we can generate an image based on that, and that's way more easy to implement and requires less saving essentially um but like that's a step further than it just like it could it have could just, just been be a, a, a static like, image yeah yeah mm -hmm. but they went the extra step to make it individualized which is really good yeah that's like what this whole game is about it's it, they, if they showed you uh, something that you didn't do and didn't go through then it would be inauthentic yeah. It's about your journey and their journey. Yes. Good point. Um, I got all the photos this time. And wow. I don't think I've ever done it before. And as far as I can tell, it just makes however many photos you have, the song doesn't get any longer. The credits don't get any longer. They just divide that time up among how many photos mm -hmm. you have because... It felt like the photos were just flying by this time <laughs> in a way that I've never seen okay. before. So I'm like, oh, okay. I must have only ever had like 20 before because having all 32 makes it feel like each photo is just like boom, 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 boom. And I noticed that there was a variable amount of like blank space in between photos. Hmm. Like sometimes it would go straight from one to the next and sometimes it would be a while. I wonder if... If you only got one photo by using walkthrough walls or whatever, um, 
would it leave that photo on for the whole three minutes or would it show it at the very beginning and then you'd have a black screen for a while or what because it, it seems to be like procedural to some degree yeah because I, I think they they managed to do it so that if you miss a bunch of photos you don't get like 30 or 40 seconds of black screen but it's it, it's all like so much fancy work going into this one feature for the very end. Kind of amazing. Yeah. Kind of amazing, but possibly like maybe you could also see it as if the if a really clever programmer, possibly Iwata himself, was like, Oh, I know how to do this with just a few lines and it's no problem. I'll I'll do it for you. It was probably a lot of it. Just mm-hmm. was had a few an extra lunch break. Wanted to do something and nice I, for that. I mean, not to like jump ahead too much, but like maybe one of the biggest takeaways from this game as a whole is just the willingness, or that the this game is very much willing to spend a lot of time implementing really weird stuff mm-hmm. uh, that feels like unnecessary but ends up yeah. flavoring it really well yeah and then kind of ignoring things that other rpgs would care about like combat where, yes. where the... okay well don't get too far ahead of yourself okay we'll do final thoughts later we have to do final thoughts at the end i'm excited about it um are there any particular credits that are worth mentioning I, I hadn't noticed before that they uh, they give credits for people who provided uh, voice samples. Mm. And so uh, he's Shigesato Oke Itoe. Yeah. And whoever did the voice sample for Venus is someone Venus. Someone. Hmm. Uh, M.D. Seeger. Shout outs. Can Wait. you remind me what M.D. Seeger is? It's just a pseudonym for uh, Mimoto. Somehow. Oh, okay. All right. People worked on this video game. That's how that a works. A bunch of them. You can learn more about it at your library. <laughs> so then, uh, at the very end, it says "and player" or "player." I forget what whether it says. Yeah, it says "and." Anyway, it was uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson all along. We also uh, skipped over <laughs> the part of the song. Where they just put a voice sample oh, in for whatever reason, whoops. and it ruins yeah. me every time. It's real. It's a real moment. Oh my gosh. Who's missing me? D- who knows, man? Well, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah. Um, and then uh, my name stays on the screen for a while. Oh. Like a while. <laughs> Can we mention also... We yeah. talked about it a little bit after we were talking about names last last two episodes, some episodes ago, uh, about uh, we were laughing that Sarah put, you know, somebody's actual name, whereas <laughs> Ryan and I, who have played the game perhaps too many times, are a bunch of knuckleheads who are mm-hmm. putting jokes in for ourselves. And uh, we were laughing about that contrast. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I forget how much of that made it into the podcast. I think there was some after the podcast that didn't make it in. So oh. I just wanted to highlight that here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but it's so pointed it if you put your real name. But also you could put Bloodpool and use the circle for the letter O. <laughs> and then it's really funny to you when you played the game 20 times. So many options. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Who put blood pool? I think I did, but I think you told me to, and then I did. Yeah, that must be it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that this was is a group ago. effort. Jeez. <laughs> um, I, I okay, take my this name, game blood very pool. seriously. I guess. Yeah. That's why we do a serious podcast about it. Mm-hmm. That's almost over. Wow. The, the name lingers. The name lingers, then it fades away. It's like for almost then a minute. It, it's a long... Is it really almost a minute? Uh, in this video I'm looking at right now, it's 9.07 until 9.42. What's that? Like 35 seconds. That's a long time. And... We would all be forgiven for thinking that we just need to turn off the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like, it's not responding to input. It must be over. No! Ness wakes up. post credit scene. There's a knock at the door. And then His my dad phone calls. rings. Yes. <laughs> it happened to both of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh. And actually, I, I believe you do have the same, like, you have your inventory... You can go into your equipment and stuff. Yeah. Which is fun. But yeah, that means that the two hour cutoff for your dad needs to call you and bug you to stop playing video games happened during the long credit sequence. And it was just waiting until you got control back. That's pretty Uh funny that this can happen now. Yes. It's really good. I go back downstairs. I try to answer the door. This and is this, this is the same thing that happens at the beginning of the game. So is this a new game plus? You just have all your money. What's oh. going on here? Oh my gosh! And the dialogue. It was so same. long before I was yeah. introduced to the idea of new game plus <laughs> that that never would have occurred to me. Yeah, but that, gosh, that's yeah. Um, yeah, you you would be forgiven for thinking this because all the dialogue is the same. I didn't notice that it was exactly the same. That is wild. Somebody's knocking. What an annoying knock. Huh. Although I guess it's not the beginning beginning. It's the second time you get woken yeah, up, Yeah, right? yeah. That's true. Oh, that's you, should know, yeah. you should know that something weird is happening. <laughs> but it's been a long time since then. Yeah. You would be forgiven for thinking that. We're being very forgiveful. Let's forgive podcast. everybody for, for thinking anything. If yeah. there's one thing I've learned from this game, it's to forgive. Yeah. To forgive your bad friends. Yes. Speaking of bad friends, at the door, it's a little brother of one of my worst friends. <laughs> and uh, what does where does what does he say? He received. Oh, I should, we should probably get the dialogue for this. A letter arrived from my brother Pokey. It is addressed to Ness. There's no stamp, and it's not time for the mailman to come. Anyway, I brought it over. It says, "Come and get me, loser." Spankity, spankity, spankity. I wonder where he is. I didn't do the pokey voice because it was picky reading it. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, and then friggin' the end dot dot dot, 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 dot question dot, mark. Question yes. mark. 
it's good. It's, it's good. Really good. Yeah, that's a it's classic. very yeah. You know, it's very much we've been doing kind of tropey sci-fi stuff, and so ending on a cliffhanger is just the thing to do, yeah. anyways. Yeah. Yeah. This is as like obligatory as Paula is your girlfriend now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did it. Well, we beat the game. It's a good, good, it's a good game. Yep. I'm glad I played it again. Yeah. I'm glad I was paying attention this time. Yeah, seriously. And I'm glad that I had you guys to talk to about it and to notice all the stuff that I didn't notice. Me too. Yeah. You have the analysis that I was not able to analyze. Yeah. I learned a lot about this game. Final thoughts. Why do you guys think this game was so, like, resonated so much? For all of us, because all of us, it stayed with all of us, you know? Like, I feel like, for me, I feel like it's just a very different kind of game than everything else at the time, and it has never caught on. It's, it just was, it, it was, it stood on its own as its own kind of thing. And yeah, it just continues to be relevant for me. Um, and I think has inspired some of the things I've created since. I think... Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, right. Go ahead, right. The... Certainly the, like, surface-level aesthetics of it's a game about a kid in modern America. Uh, that is what drew me to it at first and probably what was most appealing to me about it to begin with. Mm-hmm. But... I think what makes it so special, without getting into too many specifics at just this moment, is it has a personality. Yeah. Um, and it, I mean, that really comes down to the writing. The writing where all these characters have their own desires, there's jokes all over the place. Mm-hmm. Just having, letting you play a video game where. The, the writing shows that there's someone someone behind the scenes not necessarily, like I keep saying, trying to say any one specific thing, but trying to put part of themselves out there into a thing and not trying to write the most generic thing or writing yeah. the game that like is the way you're supposed to write video games, but just saying, you know, this is these are the things I think and the ways I feel. Yeah, I think that's the like the, the biggest strength of this game. Like, you can tell it was made by a real person or team of people, but it has a real soul to it and a perspective and not just, like, one message or anything, but a bunch of parts of them are in here. I think it's it's the writing for me, and it has to do with both it being just incredibly well-written, but also, like... Even in contrast to other games from that era that I enjoyed as a kid, it doesn't feel like any of the writing has been, like, dumbed down for kids. Mm-hmm. It's not using simple language. It's using often, like, I learned a lot of vocabulary from this video yeah. game, <laughs> which I can't say for, like, Super Mario RPG, which is a game that's also really cleverly written, but the jokes there are way yeah. more short and punchy. Uh, here it's perfectly willing to throw a bunch of text at you that you kind of have to sit there and think about as a kid and say, what are they saying with this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I definitely, and that's what I feel 
really propelled me forward when playing this game as a kid is I just want to keep reading this game. This game is just enchanting in that way. And, you know, because this wasn't necessarily, you know, I I played easier games than this. This was not a trivial game as a Now I play it and I'm like, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. we're laughing about how easy it is. But like as a kid, this was not an easy thing to get through. But like I pushed forward in this because it was just so enchanting in that way, the way it was written and the way it it was complex in its writing. Yes. Um, I think is like principle why it stayed with me as a kid and then just going forward, just thinking back on it constantly and having occasions like this to talk about it. It's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, no, 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 this is, this was something special. The What you say about the complexity of writing and having to read through the jokes, there's so many jokes in this game that are not really jokes. Yeah. It's just I like someone goes on about their life mm-hmm. or someone goes on about what they're thinking about recently. And the fact that the game gives all this attention to something inconsequential is kind of a joke. And so it's, it's funny that they put this in the game, but a lot of it doesn't necessarily come from trying to be funny, but from saying, well, what would this person be thinking about? What what are some things that people in the world can say? And just not stopping at a single sentence about what the nearest quest is, but just feeling free to write a lot of stuff. Yeah, they're not confined by like, we're going to limit every NPC dialogue to a single text box. Yeah. Yeah, and then things people do and say change over time. So you get to see the like evolution of characters. Yeah. Yeah, it's very it's it's very naturalistic. I had three prongs to like other than just what I remembered about the game, what I learned from this podcast. Mm. And the three things that I have realized are Earthbound's big strengths are ambiguity, lack of focus, and lack of polish. But the lack of polish, you have to, it goes hand in hand with the incredible level of polish Mm -hmm. uh, that, like Zach, you were just saying, they polish really hard a lot of things that are like off on the sides or things that like are not normal priorities for RPGs. The things that they leave unpolished end up becoming a huge part of the experience. Yes. And just like the very first example, because it's something that we've already talked about, is the fact that food items are just kind of whatever it makes sense to sell as food in this town. Yeah. And we're going to come up with numbers for the price and the amount of HP that it restores, but we're not going to do it according to any kind of set scheme. We're just going to come up with some stuff and it'll probably work. I mean, you'll get <laughs> HP from it. Uh, it. It seems like there's a lot of places where the, the personality of the game is in being kind of slapped together in certain ways. Hmm. I wish I had other examples of that, but don't you think that's intuitively true? Yeah, it definitely doesn't yeah. feel polished. But and it's it's but, messy. There's a lot of loose ends. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of unnecessary characters and dialogue and like you know, everything. Well, I, and a lot and of I would, oh, good. 
I, I, I would categorize that as lack of focus, which is like another talking point, a separate mm. talking point that I want to get into. Mm-hmm. Okay. But Zach, what do you want to say? Oh, I was just going to say, and it's a lot of, like, you know, there are things that are unpolished, and there are things that are in the game that are just functional. You know, the combat, in a lot of sense, is kind of just functional. Yeah. It's got a couple weird quirks to it, but there's no real mechanical complexity there. It's, you hit, you you, you do the big attacks, Mm -hmm. Uh, every once in a while you have to watch out for a shield, but pretty much you can sail through it, which is great when you're doing the math. (laughs) Very young, uh, playing the game, and you don't understand even that small amount of complexity that's there, and you have Mm -hmm. to kind of brute force your way around it. Um, and the things that they chose to spend the time elaborating on, even small moments like making the credits, ver- doing this weird system for photos in the credits, yeah. versus yeah. like taking an extra week of dev time to make the battles more interesting, like shows a very that feels very intentional it feels very yeah. much like no no no. we want to focus on these aspects of the player experience yeah. and the rest is kind of in many ways just connective tissue connective tissue that can feel fun at the time and is often very like visually and audibly like good because the game has really cool visuals and really great sound mm-hmm. but like the actual act of playing it is very just bare bones connective tissue a lot of the time. Yeah. Doing doing the RPG parts of the RPG. Yeah. Yeah. When I say lack of focus, what I mean is there are these pieces that are, you know, as intentional and as well put together as anything else in the game, but they don't link up with what else is going on in the game. You have a guy who lost his contact lens and he'll <laughs> give you his stinky socks in return. Uh, but you also have, like, just the story of the um, the uh, sesame seeds. Um, you have characters who are uh, have a lot to say, have a lot to talk about, but nothing they say is going to circle back to the main plot. And there's a real sense that different places in the world of Earthbound do not know or care about each other Mm. to a certain extent. And I contrast this with... I haven't really made my point correctly, but maybe it'll come across better when I explain. I contrast this with Mother 3, which I think is very much more of a piece. And every detail in Mother 3 is meant to, like compare and contrast with the other details and contribute to a pretty tight story. You know what I mean? Even though there are strange things in Mother 3, that strangeness is applied with, like, it's part of the arc, and when something heavy happens, then we need to have something light to balance it out. Whereas I don't think that the contrast between like scary or depressing stuff in Earthbound and the jokes is, like, teaspooned or uh, eyedroppered out for the perfect emotional arc. They're really just throwing things together. Mm-hmm. And that might be, I think like I end up liking Earthbound more for that reason, mm-hmm. because 
you somehow get a much more ah, expansive experience from not worrying about how does this fit into the big picture. You just make a big picture by throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall. Yeah, well, you're kind of fitting into the big picture. Like, you're just, you see that you're part of a larger thing. Not everything's about you. Yes, yes. Not everything's about you. Holy cow. <laughs> Whereas in Mother 3, Zach, what do you think? Oh, I agree. I mean, uh. I have to say, I haven't I, played Mother 3 in forever. I've but never played it. I do it, get the so. sense that everything in that game is about you. Hmm. It's like. I, I, there's a really good article that I really wish I could dig up again from, it was oneup.com. It was a Jeremy Parrish article uh, that I think about all the time where he was talking about Mother 3 in the context of how, I don't think I've gotten to talk about this on a podcast yet. Um, it's an article I think about all the time. Mother 3 in the context of at the towards the end of a console's lifetime you would kind of see a game come out that is like the furthest extension or the furthest expression of what that console was about hmm. and he specifically points out like Kirby's adventure for this regular Nintendo sure. as like a game that came out extremely late for the NES <laughs> that is doing what NES games were doing to the fullest extent, which in this case was like a side-scroll platformer that was like the most polished one of those that's ever, ex arguably one of, like one of the most polished ones of those on that system. Absolutely. Um, and he pulled Mother Three out as the example for the Game Boy Advance, which was a system that existed largely to be like. In one part, to be repackaged Super Nintendo games, but yeah. in that, with, with that meaning that it's a lot of RPGs, and yeah. Mother 3 ends up, because Mother 3 is this game with a long backstory of development cycle that had a lot of time to percolate and go through multiple revisions and stuff, it ends up being this extremely polished, or, from my perspective, extremely polished. I, you know, maybe somebody that makes so. the game better, more might disagree with that, but especially compared to Earthbound, extremely polished experience that has a lot of intention behind its mechanics as well. Like, in that game, like, your stat boosts mean something, and you're doing more complicated stuff in battle, um, and it just ends up being a much different experience in that way, because it is a, a, a game that is further at this other end of time <laughs> like in a lot of ways mm -hmm. where games have kind of moved on beyond the or like mainstream nintendo games at that time had moved beyond being this weird experimental phase and it's just like no, no no we figured out how to make the kind of games we want to make and we're going to make a really good one of those but it doesn't quite have the same juice that earthbound does that only comes out of Oh god, we have no idea what we're doing. Yeah. Let's double down on the parts that we know we really like. Mm -hmm. And I think that comes not only from like a mechanical perspective or like a uh, like a development perspective, but like a storytelling perspective of Mother 3 is the work of a more mature storyteller who 
unlike an Earthbound, has like a thing I want to say. Yes. And I'm going to get that idea across. And Earthbound is just like, I, I have a lot of stuff I want to say. I want to say things. Yeah. And we'll find out whether I like really meaningfully say anything afterward. Yeah. The third prong, which we will find out whether it's meaningfully different from the other prongs, is ambiguity. And this is where I want to hold up the uh, the line in Dalam where the lady doesn't understand what philosophy is. Mm. You get this sentence that is, because it's just lazily translated, for the naive child who does not even know that this game was translated from mm -hmm. Japanese, much less have <laughs> read, you know, dozens of articles about the ways in which this was translated from Japanese. Uh -huh. All you get is, I thought philosophy was the study of rocks, but now I understand it's the study, it's about studying late into the night. And the kid reading this has to say, what is going, this is a joke. There mm. must be a I think this, if this isn't a joke, then I don't know what's going on. And I think it's not always because of translation. Mm -hmm. But in Earthbound, there are a lot of people saying things where you don't know what the point of what they're saying is. And you don't know whether this is a clue. It's not only in text. It's just like the way places are laid out. It's where you find items. Um, it's a lot of the mechanics. Like, what does this item do? I don't know, and the game isn't helping me figure it out. So the fact that you're kind of lost all the way through Earthbound, <laughs> and there are so many opportunities to misunderstand or wonder whether you understand what's going on. Um, I think for a kid, the kind of kid who supposedly was supposed to be playing this game, it kind of blows your mind to be, to encounter a world with that much ambiguity hmm. and to find out, that, you know, it's another case of the, not only is the world not caring specifically about you, but almost in a sense, the, like the shell of systems on the game doesn't care whether you understand mm -hmm. what happens. Yeah, it, as an adult playing, I, I assume that this is meant for kids predominantly, but as an adult playing it, it, it kind of feels like what it's like to be a kid. Like it reminds me of what it feels like yeah. to go through life as a kid and, and not understanding a lot of things. Yeah. It's very authentic that way. Especially in, I'm thinking now of like Foresight and the cafe that's actually a bar, mm. where, you know, like, and again, it might be translation issues, but the lady says, there's a lot of noise outside, must be the seventh inning stretch, and they're mm -hmm. singing, take me out to the ball game. <laughs> I'm so confused by, I don't even know what she's referring to. Yeah. And saying must be the seventh inning stretch like the game really is turning away from you to kind of muse on something and maybe finish its thought or maybe not and you're just left there 
looking up at this grown-up person and saying, am I supposed to be here in the first place? Hmm. This all just makes me think of all the Stoic Club dialogue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which we've already talked about, but just this, like, especially as a kid, they're saying all these really, really complicated vocabulary words at you, and you're like, understanding that it's supposed to be saying something, and then you can revisit it and be like, the the joke is that they're not saying anything. Yeah. You can still even kind of intuit that as a kid to some extent. Right. People just say things. And you're not always going to have the context for what they're saying and why they're saying it, but you are going to hear it. Yeah. Some... And so I, th- yeah. No, you go ahead. I was going to do something. I was going to try and synthesize some ideas. So if you have stuff to say before I wrap it up, then you better say it now. Well, yes, I do. Um, like some of the confusing and unsettling things in this game. Uh, there's a lot of them and yet playing this game feels very safe i I was thinking it feels almost like a bedtime story like you don't have a lot of interactivity compared to certain other games there's no puzzles there's no like there's not a lot of choices but it's very immersive and it's it's a bit linear but you're you feel you're making you're not making choices necessarily but you're taking actions to further the story it feels it feels like you have you have the safety to go through all these scary things because of all of the support you have, and yeah, um, yeah. I I was just reading an, uh, an interview with Etoy earlier um, where he talks about uh, it was it was in Japanese, so I was like looking at a Google translation of it, which is not great, but he talked about. Um, specifically the scene where you see yourself as a baby and he wanted to include that scene because he wanted to show that children are born to be loved and i think that this game shows that all the way through like it feels good to play it even like even when there's scary parts when you're walking through a graveyard full of ghosts or some kind of weird like underground like weird uh, base or something um, or the swamp where it's dark there's lots of different kinds of scary but the whole time you know you can call your parents and you have your friends with you and I think it's just such I, this does somehow connect to what you're saying but like it is there's a lot of those things that are ambiguous or uh, maybe feel like adults would understand them but even with all those things you still feel that you're protected and uh yeah you're like you the player and the characters in the game are all safe to 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 take your journey and to try your best and i just think yeah i think that's i think that the points that you made all those prongs kind of support that as like a uh, like a larger theme almost of the game or like a bedrock of this game well I don't want to say too much on that because I don't want to cry on the podcast <laughs> um, well I have my own synthesis that I was just 
coming up with. Mm-hmm. But Zach, do you want to do you have some? No, I think I, 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 I don't think I have anything else to contribute. I want to hear your synthesis. Here's what I think, and I can work Sarah's thing into this too. And so it turns out that you actually were just supplying me a fourth prong. You're welcome. The a fourth uh, fork. <laughs> the um. These decisions to focus on what we want, what we want to focus on, choose deliberately things to focus on that are not the like prescribed pr- priorities of an RPG. Uh, this feeling of not talking down to the player and indeed not really like caring whether the player gets it a lot of the time, and. Uh, this this feeling of, I guess it, it goes. I, I, I'm forced to uh, fold lack of focus and lack of polish into the same like prioritizing priorities prong. So it turns out that it was three prongs all along. <laughs> um, I think that this all comes down to the game being basically on altour game where Itoi gets to decide without some, like, executive behind him saying, make sure you do these things and make the, the graphics look like this and the combat has to flow like this. Um, it's like a person, if, if we can, you know, simplify things and act like Itoi made this game all by himself, a person saying, here's what I want to put out into the world, I want to make this work of art and it's going to prioritize the things I prioritize and say the things I want to say. And it's really about coming from that creative impulse rather than the, like, I guess you would say the greedy impulse or the basic... Uh, I want to make a game. I want to make the right game that everybody will like so that it makes money. Uh, I think Earthbound, in a lot of ways, doesn't care whether you like it. It just wants to do its own thing, and if you like it, great. It knows that somebody out there will like it, and if you are that kind of person, then you and this game are going to get along (laughs) great, and everyone else, have fun doing something else. (laughs) 